Hey, hey, habit thrivers. If you're ready to rock your next chapter, this is your place. It's time to live your most fit, fearless, and fabulous life. I believe that our daily habits and routines set the foundation for achieving our dream lives and help us find more passion and clarity with less doubt and uncertainty. So let's get cozy. Grab your planner and your favorite beverage and come along with me on this journey of reclaiming your passions and finding new ones along the way. Hey there, Habit Thrivers, and welcome to episode number 34 of Your Habit Thrive podcast, as we continue to fill our hearts for the month of February. In today's episode, we are going to focus on some strategies and suggestions for our physical heart, our emotional heart, and our future me heart. And although I'm separating them, and I have in the past couple of episodes as well, it's just for the ease of talking about them, but they are so connected, related, integrated, and as one. And as I've chatted about in the first few episodes, sometimes we are just focusing on one particular heart more than the other, but in doing so, all parts of our heart benefit. So let's start with our physical heart. I'm going to start with a question that I get now and again as a personal trainer and definitely since the Apple Watch, all of the new Fitbits and everything that has, um, let's say, ramped up the pedometer game. And that is, is it enough to do 10,000 steps or more a day? And does that count for heart health? The short answer is yes, it absolutely does help. So regardless of how many steps you do, if you are moving during the day, you are absolutely benefiting your heart, your lungs, your body in general. Now the longer answer though is that your heart is probably going to benefit from increasing at least a portion of those 10,000 or more steps, um, increasing the intensity. So let me explain. Our heart is a muscle. So again, talking about the physical heart, it is a muscle. And so similar to our diaphragm, our major breathing muscle, and similar to our biceps as we're carrying our our groceries, it needs to be worked out. And so from that perspective, if you are doing 10,000 steps in your day, that means moving around your house and perhaps you're going up and down stairs and uh, in the, the nicer months, perhaps you're around your garden, you are out and around doing errands and at the end of the day, you're like, you get, you know, that celebration on your, on your phone or um, however it works for you that you have made it to 10,000 steps. And first and foremost, that is fantastic because research shows that you are in the minority 
of if you are on most days of the week getting 10,000 steps in your day. So I'm also going to say if this is a goal for you and you haven't had the opportunity to walk around and get those steps up, that not to make your goal 10,000 steps right away. Perhaps it's 5,000 or perhaps it's um, if you're coming out of an illness or an injury, perhaps it's 2,500. You will absolutely benefit. Now, when I think about that, again, that question about is 10,000 steps enough and is that working my heart? I also think back to a few years ago with the research coming out with the title, Is Sitting the New Smoking? Or actually, Sitting is the New Smoking. Uh, were the titles that were coming across blogs and uh, newsreels. And that research was actually done by cancer organizations. So if something is going to help our body in terms of cancer prevention, for sure it's going to help all parts of our body. It's going to help our heart, no question. But that research again was geared more towards the 10,000 steps and was reminding us that it's important to get up often. And so very often in terms of my clients, again, from a personal training perspective, I will say you want to get up at least every half hour, if not even every 15 minutes. And it is, again, that that feeling of just getting the blood flowing again. We feel very stagnant. We feel our posture sometimes collapses when we're, when we're sitting longer. And basically, we just get stiff. And we notice that. Um, you'll notice that more if you actually do get up often and, and then all of a sudden you're, you're traveling longer or you're sitting through a long meal or an event and then you go to get up and it's like, oh my goodness. And you kind of creak forward. <laughs> and it's a reminder actually that, oh yes, I normally get up a lot more. And it's a fantastic reminder because as soon as you get up, even if you just stand up, you don't even have to get up and walk around. If you simply stand up, you're using those huge quad muscles, your thigh muscles, you're getting this big pump that, that just goes through your entire body in terms of increasing circulation. And so it's fantastic. So that is what I'm going to say first and foremost. It is going to help just to do those 10,000 steps. Now, if you are, let's say, wanting to strengthen your heart muscle a little bit more and strengthen your lungs, then you are looking at increasing um, the intensity of some of those steps. So let's say, for example, that you are gearing towards 30 minutes of continuous activity. That's the difference as well in terms of between the 10,000 steps and between having a portion of those 10,000 steps that are continuous. And where you are walking or skiing or snowshoeing or dancing, um, swimming, biking, whatever it is where it is continuous and your heart is being worked at a higher level than it would be if let's say that you are simply walking around. So if you're noticing when you do something that is not um, let's say in the ordinary and I'll give you an example Last year, we were doing a little bit more wood. I was using the wheelbarrow and taking wood uphill 
from one place to another and I was like what's up with this I could my heart rate was right up I was my muscles were sore and in that moment honest to goodness and my doctor can attest to this I'm like I think I need to get some tests run here okay this is not the usual I used to be able to do this and I did not have to stop and it truly truly was and and I mentioned in um, one of the episodes before that I had my echo I had my stress test all of that also because I have a history of heart disease in my family but luckily it was simply deconditioning (laughs) I love my yoga I love my Pilates I love my 10,000 steps but it was a wake-up call to me that I needed to take it up a notch okay not only in terms of adding some hills and making sure my heart rate was um, is higher for a longer period of time but also adding more strength training in and that strength training is amazing again because it allows you to walk faster bike harder it allows you to hike perhaps if you're wanting to add more hills all of that that challenges are heart but again if you have any questions about how much you want to challenge your heart definitely check in with your it's a great time actually Um, I'm gonna say just before retirement uh, definitely in the first little parts of retirement or any time that you're changing up your your physical activity and you're thinking I need to take this up a notch so just yeah get in there and get some some tests done if you have any concern at all and especially if you are doing some things that you normally do and you're feeling kind of you're feeling short of breath you're feeling and certainly if there's any tightness so those are the kind of things that you're yeah I need to check in and again when we're as women when we're in our 50s and that's where I am right now it's like no it can't be my heart but I'm just I'm just saying (laughs) it doesn't hurt to check in so then when you're bringing this up a little bit I'm heading towards that 30 minutes of physical activity. Again, it could be inside on a treadmill or a bike, but you are hearing your breath. You are feeling it. You can, the base level is that you can still chat with the person that beside you or chat to yourself, but you could not break into a song. I would even bring it up a little bit more than that. And again, this is where you would, I would say, speak with a, a personal trainer or if you're working with your physician on that, what is your range for conditioning your heart? There is, uh, let's say, a range as I was doing my training, which was 70 to 85% of your maximum heart rate. And when you do a stress test, you get those exact numbers. But you can also um, figure out those numbers at as well 220 minus your age that's the simplest way to do it 220 minus your age and then multiply by 70 to 85 percent if you are just starting to become active then stay in that lower uh, lower range of 70 percent and again I'm just gonna come back and say just increase your intensity though just notice and not like bang 30 minutes I'm going for a run 
do it slowly and notice and then when you combine this with strength training not only are you strengthening your muscles to be able to do this and to be less chance of being injured I'm going to give a shout out again to um, Kate Galliott's book Becoming Unbreakable she does a fantastic description of uh, integrating our physical activity as we are aging and becoming stronger I'm going to say so but even from a posture perspective so when we think about our emotional heart when we think about our physical heart when we think about that connection of our breath um, that happens with each inhalation and exhalation that connects all of our hearts that posture is so important that you strengthen your upper back that you open your chest and open your heart so that you're not collapsing down it is difficult to take a full body breath and have your diaphragm do what it does beautifully where it relaxes and it contracts and when we're collapsed with our posture it is not happy and so even from a strength training perspective where you are adding in postural exercises beautiful for your heart as well so I am just doing a shout out again for 10,000 steps uh, start wherever you are but also start to um, add a little bit of intensity in there be kind to your joints start slowly and definitely consult with um, somebody you trust on that as well so that's what I'm going to say about the physical heart today and again I'm not separating it but actually here I have two more things to mention <laughs> so this is why I do my notes everybody and that is once you get the feel again for doing consistent movement I want to remind you to be breathing in through your nose with your mouth closed the reason for this in terms of nasal breathing is your nose releases nitric oxide um, nitric oxide is a uh, vasodilator which means it helps to widen your blood vessels this can help improve oxygen circulation in your whole body so oh my gosh think brain think heart and it's not easy it is not easy especially as you increase your intensity it is more challenging you are trying to draw more oxygen in so you're opening your mouth it's like all body parts on uh, on deck here but I would in fact even slow it down a little bit until you can find that intensity where you are um, you are again being able to balance that inhale and that exhale now the exhale through your mouth is okay it's the inhale that you want to come in through your nose with your mouth closed and there are even some experts that would say that if you can find that level where you are inhaling and exhaling through your nose and you still have your heart rate in a training level that is ideal so but I'm just gonna say start moving as you inhale notice that your mouth is closed and you're inhaling through your nose and so that you can feel again what happens when you do this nose breathing if you have a fuller expansion of the lungs your diaphragm is much happier and so you just think about how your whole body and again heart brain lungs actually function better so that is the last thing I'm going to say right now about the physical heart so I'm gonna come now to the emotional heart 
Okay, so of course, our heart and our mind, our physical heart and our emotional heart and mind are intimately connected. So any states that we have, any, any negative states of mind, any feeling down, anxiety, loneliness, anger, um, stress, whether it's acute stress or chronic stress, um, it can increase uh, the risk for heart disease. And over time, it can worsen as well if, um, if we do have underlying heart disease. So it is worth the effort. And I said this in the last episode that heart disease is the number one cause of death for women. And the emotional heart is a huge, huge part of this. I couldn't even guess the, um, the percentage if we think about the physical heart and the emotional heart in terms of, well, where should I be spending my time? Your emotional heart is going to benefit when you're out for a walk in nature, period. So this is where we're going to see always the connection. And again, I'm just separating it to chat about. But as you think about your emotional heart, you will feel it. It's hard to sit tall and have your heart open and feel that, uh, I'm going to say this amazing posture when you're feeling down, when you're feeling depressed, when you're hurt, when you're grieving. And so that connection to be able to breathe and open the heart and reach out reach out for support for your emotional heart. Okay, talking always comes up as one of the best strategies with um, with a friend, with a family member. And we know that it doesn't have to be in person. We know that a phone call and a Zoom even, any way that that works for you. And Again, I know from a cardiac rehab perspective, having done this for many, many years now, that the social aspect and the support aspect of people in the cardiac rehab programs, I would venture on some days is the benefit is more than the physical aspect. It's like we end up talking and we end up laughing and all of those parts that, that help the emotional heart, that help the physical heart. So. Um, whether it's groups or classes or reaching out, it is, um, it's so helpful. And that is before, I'm going to say, I'm talking about this in terms of cardiac rehab. This is before, this is preventative as well, even if it's preventative for a second heart attack. So second thing, journal it out. And I love brain dumping. So if you're afraid of writing in a journal negative thoughts because you're thinking, I can't believe I'm thinking that. I cannot believe. And you look at the, <laughs> look, and you've written it out. I say brain dump on some pieces of paper that if you don't want to keep, you crumple them up and you throw them away. But you get it out of your heart. You get it out of your head. Um, you deal with it in that way, even if you don't actually in that moment deal with it, but you'll notice you're going to be breathing better. So you brain dump 
negative thoughts um, or happy thoughts or whatever. You just brain dump it all. I suggest, and this comes from Morning Pages, from a book actually that is The Artist's Way, Julia Cameron, and she talks about Morning Pages. I've actually, those have just be, become um, brain dumping pages and they are to help you get past writer's block. I've used them for all kinds of different reasons. And her suggestion is uh, three pieces of paper, write it out, right? And then if you wanna keep it, I mean, that's up to you, but sometimes again, you'll know, you'll look down, you'll think, hmm, and then you just throw it out. Now remember, our brain is more about negativity just naturally because it is trying to protect us. So I'm gonna leave you with that. Now the other, I'm, I'm actually gonna give a shout out though to Nikki Ganjemi and she talks about this in her calm c-a-l-m book and i had that wonderful interview with nikki ganjemi just a while back so i will also put that in the show notes along with my interview with kate about becoming unbreakable so you'll see this is what i love about doing this podcast is that's always connecting and integrating Okay, so talking it out for your emotional heart, journaling it out, brain dumping, and also knowing what helps you to relax and rejuvenate, okay? Is it a good belly laugh with a, with a friend, your friend that you just love to chat with and laugh with? Is it watching a comedy show? Is it a good cry? Is it legs up the wall in yoga? Is it a massage, right? How, when do you notice that, that release, that letting go? And make note of it. Okay, make yourself a little note in your journal or a little sticky note that is, okay, remember, remember that this helps me relax because literally we forget. We forget that sitting with a heating pad on our neck and shoulders, sipping a cup of tea while we're watching a particular show really helps us relax. And so you're habit stacking all of this, but we forget. So I say, journal it, make notes, and put sticky notes wherever. <laughs> so also in terms of your emotional heart, is it meditation, okay, guided? Is it um, on your own? Okay, so it is, and I'm going to suggest that one of the easiest entry points to meditation is breath work. So last week, we finished our session uh, together with belly breathing, and we started to move up to the diaphragm, and that's what we're going to finish with today. So I'm just, just so you hang on, we're going to be finishing with that today. But why I now want to, again, finish off this, this part on the emotional heart and to talk about breathing and why it helps us is the stimulation of this amazing, amazing nerve called the vagus nerve. It is the longest nerve in the body. It runs from the brain to the belly. That's how I remember it. And on each breath, especially a nice, long, juicy exhalation, this nerve is stimulated. It reduces our heart rate and even our blood pressure. It's pretty magical, really, when you think about it. And we're going to finish with that in a couple of minutes. But I also want you to know around this vagus nerve that some experts say that even smiling and your face and neck massage that you might do as your morning and evening, I call it my, my skincare ritual, right? Stimulates the vagus nerve as well. I love my gua sha stone, my roller, 
and even my wire scalp stimulator, my my dollar store, right, little wire thingamajigger <laughs> that goes on my head that I just scratch my head with, it's addictive. And now I know why, because it actually stimulates the vagus nerve. Similar to when you go to get your hair cut and you have the scalp, scalp massage <laughs> and you have the blowout after and you have that brush going through your hair, you have the hair dryer. Do you ever wonder why you just feel like falling asleep? Why you are so relaxed? It's the vagus nerve. And I actually, like many of you, we had to give that up during COVID, right? Give up the, the scalp massage and the hair wash and even the blow drying at the end. And it actually wasn't until I heard a, um, another podcast on the vagus nerve that talked about this. And I went, oh, that's why. And so, yes, I am back to my scalp massage and my blowouts. So who would have thought? So, and, and this goes way beyond self-care. This is, this is wellness, okay? This is whether you're getting a massage or you're doing the whole treatment when you get your hair cut, right? It is our health. It affects our heart. Not just our emotional heart, again, but our, our physical heart, right? Because that is the connector, the vagus nerve between our physical heart and our emotional heart. And even, right, brushing our teeth, um, flossing our teeth, brushing our tongue, like all this stuff that we think, okay, it takes a little bit of extra time, right? It is heart health. And if we think about it in terms of, this is just a ritual. I'm gonna do my face massage, I'm gonna do my oil. Okay, I got that little wire thing going. I like to do that before I wash my hair. And actually I should mention that now I know in terms of the vagus nerve is why I need water or love water on my head every day. Okay, some people say I don't wash my hair every day and, and really sometimes we shouldn't in the winter. But I love water on my head every day. And in the winter I do not do the cold hot. I'm gonna tell you that right now, but that is another recommendation in terms of your vagus nerve is that al that altering of the cold hot and the polar dips for your vagus nerve. So it's crazy, right? To think of all of this, that we have literally with each breath that we take, the ability to keep strengthening our heart. So finally, I'm just going to leave you with your future me heart. What gets you excited when you're thinking about traveling or spending more time with your spouse, writing a book, starting a podcast, recovering, refurbishing furniture, sharing your crafts at a craft show, spending more time in your garden, cooking, perhaps even redecorating, starting or helping with a community project. Write them down. They are for your future me heart and whatever you want to call them. A bucket list, a hundred dreams list, a joy list, a happiness list, whatever resonates with you. Okay, sometimes I find that even figuring out the names of lists actually stop me. <laughs> this should go in this list and this should go in this list. No, just start writing. Start dreaming. 
But I would say start dreaming, but then definitely write. It is the first step in truly manifesting your next chapter okay, for your future me heart. Ah, yes, I do breathe. I know I take a big exhale at the end of these podcasts, but I promise you I'm breathing for today for the last couple of minutes to just settle in, even if you're walking, okay, even if you're driving, okay, because we're not doing this very long. You're just going to focus on your breath. It's actually a wonderful time to focus when we're driving. Sometimes we hold our breath. When we're looking at a screen, we hold our breath. And so that's why we're softening our gaze. And I might say if this really relaxes you, you may want to wait till you're till you're parked. It is absolutely great to do before and you move into your errands or go on a trip. It's a great way to settle yourself, especially if there's any anxiety before you go to bed or right here, right now, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So first of all, your mouth is closed. You feel the air coming in through your nose, out through your nose or mouth. You might have one hand on your belly, feeling for the movement of the belly moving out on your inhalation. And now that you know as you exhale and the belly moves back, that you're stimulating that vagus nerve, that the diaphragm is being relaxed up to help the air out of your lungs, to massage the heart, and it makes belly breathing so much more fun. And if you simply move your hand up, or you can use your other hand to just cup it under the sternum. Okay, so you're still gonna feel the belly moving out on your inhalation. Let your exhalation lengthen, noticing, allowing for that extra little bit of exhalation. Okay, so you might be starting to notice now as you have one hand more around that area of your diaphragm that you can feel the breath front to back. Might feel the breath side to side as we inhale the lungs expand front to back side to side. The diaphragm drops down, the belly moves out. And as you exhale, the belly moves back in, the lungs expel and the rib cage drops down and in. You feel the lifting and the expanding on the inhalation, the relaxation, the letting go, the settling on your exhalation. With each exhalation and massaging the heart, feeling that connection in between your physical heart to your emotional heart to your future me heart. And so feel free to continue with this breath practice as long as you'd like. I'm going to let you go now with a namaste. If you love this episode, I guarantee you're going to love exploring all the amazing opportunities that await us in reclaiming our awesomeness together. So come on over to my Facebook group, Women's Wellness Community for Women Wanting to Rock Their Me Now Years, 
Or let's connect over on Instagram at HabitGuru365 and make the Habit Guru podcast your healthy new habit.